We're going from A to Wyoming, talking about the homies making stuff in the USA. We're shooting the shit together, too legit forever. This is the stars of the states. Oh, that reverb on the end is so nice. Oh. So nice. <laughs> My mouse might die sometime, so I might be stuck in the Zoom forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Welcome to our four-hour episode of Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> My mouse is dead. Can't leave. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> nope. Um. Hi, how are you? Hi, tired. How are you? Same. Okay. Same. My brain is kind of fried, but also I feel really good. Like I had my first full week at my new job and it all went well. It's just a lot to learn, but I'm catching on quick and there's a lot to it, but it's not hard. It's just getting the hang of everything they're going to ask me to do, but it's all good. If uh, someone needs pest control help, holla at your girl. Okay. All right. I actually might one day. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, You never know. We help with termites and stuff too. And the company we work through that does termite stuff is the company that protects the Statue of Liberty, the White House. And apparently Tiger Woods' ex-wife, maybe they didn't know or he did and he didn't tell her. I don't know. But like... She had to get a whole new house, had to throw the whole house away because of termite damage. Oh, my God. If you don't catch it, you don't know. The way that they get in and they're, like, in certain layers of the foundation or the walls or whatever, like, um, it's it. at some point, like, if it's a bad storm or whatever and it knocks the house, it could just knock the whole house down. Like, that's the level of damage they do. Yeah, and I guess, like, her house was ruined. No. And you, you couldn't tell just by looking at it. That shit's wild. That's a that's ter- that's absolutely terrifying. I hate yeah. that. Yeah. It's just another fear added to my list of fears. <laughs> like, what if my house is falling down from the inside in? I, I don't know. Like, we just finished that homebuyer class. I do not want to think about what would happen if, like, you buy a house. Like, it's a great deal. This is a seller's market right now. So, you know, we'll get what we can get. And then it blows over from the wind. (laughs) From termites. Yeah. I guess homeowners insurance doesn't usually cover termites. Because that's a whole racket. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's It's crazy. Like, I think earthquake doesn't typically get covered. And I think you have to you have to add like oh water damage like flooding you have to add, so it's like you just pay for like fire. You'd think homeowners insurance covers your home <laughs> yeah. and anything that would happen to it that isn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but that would just be convenient. So why would they do that? Oh my God! Can you imagine? You bring your own termites. like what do they think someone's gonna fit like i don't whatever i don't know i'm gonna defraud the insurance company i'm gonna provide my own carpenter ants like what (laughs) just make that one automatic like fire okay you burnt down your house for the insurance money 
put who's bringing like who's like I'm bringing so many field mice that this shit is gonna just shake in its foundation when you walk up and down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> field mice don't get it twisted. They can do a lot of damage. They have so many babies so fast. Oh man. So, so many, and they're savage. They like just yeah carry all the diseases. Yeah. Is this part of your training? You have to learn about this stuff? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, yeah. tell, tell me, what's the scariest thing you've learned so far? Besides the, oh. the termite thing, because that was pretty freaky. Probably the damage that cockroaches can do. Oh, my God. Wait. I hate yeah. cockroaches with all my heart. Yeah. They, um, especially <sighs> in the past, and people who are at a disadvantage, the really poor, like, if you can't do anything about it, it never stops getting worse. And cockroaches are capable of like eating at your own fingernails and like your eyelashes and stuff. Like they, the the woman who was telling us all about it shared a terrible story. And I'm just like, I didn't need to know that. And I don't need to know more about bed bugs. Thank you though. Oh my God. Yeah. Did I, did you ever know about when I lived in Nashville, how we moved into our first apartment that me and my ex moved into was infested with cockroaches. Oh my God. Maybe you'd mentioned it. It was terrible. Or, but, yeah. Oh. Like we moved our stuff in. We tried to stay there one night and they were, and we were like, oh my God, like this place is like, it's so bad. It was so bad. And then we, we didn't even sleep there through the night. We went to a hotel and then it took us like, three weeks to get all of our stuff out and de-roach it all. Like, we were taking it out piece by piece, dissembling whatever it was, and then, like, putting it into the van. And then we tried to find, like, storage units, and we went to one. We were about to put our stuff in it, and there was roaches on the wall of the storage unit. Because it's the South, oh. so, like, there's a lot... It's a lot worse. But then we, like... Oh. So we were like, well, that's not going to help us. And we had to find another oh my god it was like the most i mean it set us back like two or three grand and we were basically couch surfing in a city where we knew no one for like a month and a half and it was so well it wasn't that long but still it was three three weeks or so it's terrible yeah and it, they list that they list the damage that pests will do i mean it's like structural damage uh, disease carrying and then and sleeplessness stress like that's those are factors that's something you know it can yeah. can ruin lives like literally you know people are traumatized over that shit wild so we opened our massachusetts episode talking about bugs <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was just thinking that like we we feel like i've been hyping this episode in my mind for months and and i'm like you know but what like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like I can't handle any extra pressure on myself right now. So Same. I just want to keep doing this. I don't want to make it a thing that it doesn't need to be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we'll end up doing like a whole other, a whole another episode or something else. Like I realized I asked on Facebook, um, people's favorite bands and I'll just go to that post and list a lot of those. And then, um, my friend John McLaughlin, shout out to him. He listed, he just tagged like at least 20 or yeah, a whole bunch of metal bands from Massachusetts. So like a part of today's check-in 
or the list I just have local metal bands. And then I just asked on Facebook about hip hop artists and rap artists. Cause I'm like, I can go along the genres, but I'm like, let me not undermine, you know, hip hop. Just because I've mostly gone to metal shows doesn't mean there isn't, you know, multiple scenes, you know, in Western Mass, let alone all of Massachusetts. So yeah. Can you, let's hit, I want to hear the list now. I mean, why wait? I'm hyped for it. Yeah, let's just do it. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, quickly, shout out to my friend Kyle, who's been listening, and my friend Ray, who I've mentioned before that listens. She's still listening. What up, And Ray? she also got a new job. So. Wow. Yeah. Congrats, Ray. And uh, I adore you. And thank you for still listening. I don't know. She just, when I've made more than one post, she's mentioned it. So I feel like she's one of the few who's listened to every episode. Sarah got a lot of love last week. We know she listens every week. So or oh. every episode, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Metal bands. Me- I guess hardcore metal uh, along those genres. They're not all specifically metal. I'd be doing them a disservice if I just said metal. I believe there's like some grunge and all the sub genres which have really expanded over the years nightcore fucking bloodcore fucking fucking peacore like they'll just be like what's a body fluid make it that like we're just like earwax core like (laughs) yeah yeah. christian core core. core. Uh, oh my god drop drop bass heavy Doom, doom metal is its own genre, like that in itself. You're like, oh, what is this? It's called doom metal. Oh, okay. (laughs) So heavy. (laughs) Doom metal. Um, Yes. So, well, yeah, let me ramble off this list. Let's do it. Obsidian Tongue, Wilder Run, Ice Giant, Vacant Eyes, Problem with Dragons, Immolators, and this one, forgive me if I pronounce it wrong. Vivis, vivis, vivis sepulture. One word. V i v i s e p u l t u r e. I'm just having trouble. Like, yeah. Um, viv, vivis sepulture. Vive. Uh, the beach of me. <laughs> The visible cherry, just the Volteries. I I tried. That's why I spelled it. You guys get an extra moment attention because I'm sure they're really good. Well, the, um, they made their band name really hard to pronounce. Like somebody along the way was like, "Are you guys sure?" And they were like, "Yes, we're sure. We're sure we want it to be this yeah. hard to pronounce. We're we're positive." <laughs> Same with um. I think it's pronounced uh zog. Zogna, because it's D Z O dash N G A, and it makes me think of like the kind of last names that are D Z. Oh, like Win. Oh. Yeah, N-G- Zogna. I could. Uh, I'll uh, write it or text it to you, and we'll put a bunch of these as I do the posts. I'm gonna do a whole bunch, and I'll do one like at least with Facebook tagging all these. Actually, I'm going to do that. I'll have our stars of the states follow all these bands. Um, but yeah, that's, I think it's the only other hard one. Um, Zogna, uh, Sombre, uh, Ari, Arian, Arian. It's like, <laughs> I should have 
<laughs> called John and been like, can you run? Can I just get a recording? <laughs> yeah, can you yeah. just? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Faces of Bayon, Sakes, S-E-A-X, so I'm pronouncing it Sakes. Six. <laughs> <laughs> Six. 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 You like the six? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sexy and I know it. Sexy medal, six. Yes. Six core. Yes. High command, Graviton, Casador. Casador is so good. Shout out to their drummer, Cliff. He's very, very good. Writing in the Skies. I love them. Writing in the Skies is really, really good. Goblet. They have a song called Dragons in Space. So the chorus, they're just shredding away and it's like Dragons in Space. <laughs> so I good. love when bands do stuff like that where it's like you wrote this beautiful musical masterpiece and for the lyrics you you're like Trogdar or whatever. Like <laughs> that's exactly what I think of. <laughs> Trogdar. It's, it's like writing, yeah, uh Goblet could write for the new Homestar Runner if that was a thing. Like, they should. That's what metal makes me think of. TikTok Girl Squad. Burninating the townspeople. If you hear that and you know that reference, please hit us up. Oh, my God. Because that's a We are deep, friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's a deep dive into old internet origins. Oh, I have of- a quick story about that. Actually, at work this week, I... um. I have this really bad habit where I will know the client's name, but because I'm like, the point I'm making is not about the client that I'm speaking of. I do this like, what's her face thing? Or I do like, what's her name? Like, I feel like our family does that a lot. Like, what, you know, what's her face over there with the titties or whatever? Like, not that specifically, but like, you know, stuff like that. So I'll be like, oh yeah. And, and you know, when we're, t- when we're speaking with what's her face about, and then I was like, oh, I really got to stop doing it. I swear that's from uh, Teen Girl Squad. And this other girl on the call who's always very professional just goes, um, I have a crush on every boy. <laughs> like she unmutes to say that and then mutes again. <laughs> I was like, Julie, Julie, you are my hero. Thank you so much. It was, um, it was perfect. Yes. A popular girl. The ugly one. What a face. Yeah. Cheerleader. So and so. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh I met a possum. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I met a possum. And there's like, corn chips are no place for a mighty warrior. Like, I used to just watch those, like, and be like, I, this is my personality now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of the first things we were quoting was like, that website, E-Bombs World, E-Bombs World everyone yeah. was quoting Anchorman. We were quoting Teen, Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> like, I can hear the voice in my head still. I am retired. I will take Lena up. <laughs> then, files and missiles. <laughs> files that's, and missiles. <laughs> that's still a thing. And that's quietly kept its relevance. And yeah. I'll send it to you. A couple years ago, like in 2016 or 2017, that guy made another End of the world, part two. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because then he goes. Now we've got a stupid president who thinks he knows what he's doing, but he does not. And like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so great. And he's like, and now global warming is even worse. California is definitely going to break off, and we're all going to die. And like, ever more people have nukes. And like, it's so. <laughs> it's it's really it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'll send it to you. Uh, what else we got? We've got. High Command, Goblet, Graviton, 
the humanoids the humanoids King, that's a great name i gotta yeah. i would listen to your music just for that name just for that uh lich king seven spires lord almighty before darkened ashes and then you've got brother which all, all i got a all my all my friends are in that band i'm friends with everyone in that band that's the right way to say that i'm mm-hmm. friends with everyone in that band and <laughs> my favorite local metal band even though they're not still together has been and will always be telltale massacre that's wow. my shit let's take that's a moment of silence for telltale though for you mm. yeah awesome for sure yeah <laughs> i keep this all for me alone damn 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 that was our little crowd and then and we as groupies not even we were um we had a more professional name, just the roadies, the promoters. We went to um, various amounts of us went to every show. So when they do that song, there were always people in the crowd doing the crowd part. And it was important to us. And like that time in my life and those people will always be important to me. So hell yeah. That's so great. So good. Yeah. And Third Assault. They're not still a band, but that was Andrew Weagle and his buddies. And yeah. I love them. Andrew Weagle, Andy. Andy Reed and Andy Mc M something couldn't tell you because I don't remember. Not that hard to pronounce, but I don't. I just don't remember. Well, great. Yeah. And then there's yep. another guy, and I can't remember who yeah. the other guy was either. Yeah, yeah. I feel like his name yeah. was Eric, but I feel like every guy in a band's name was Eric <laughs> at one point or another. Shout out to all the bands Eric King was in because he was a drummer and he was in a bunch of bands. Oh, yeah, I just don't. Talk, I don't know him anymore. So. Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. And and I love DPR. I also need to um, expand my list of local <clears throat> uh, hippie, reggae, rock, soul, funky bands. But I go to think of a few uh, from what I think of when I went to festivals with Matt, but they're not all from around here. Like I kept thinking of Max Creek. They're from Connecticut. And mm. Haley Jane and the Primate, she's she's originally from California and I think the band tentatively started out of Vermont and then also Ryan Montblue is a staple in the festival scene Wormtown Strange Creek Camp Creek but I don't know if he's from Mass either and like the artist Zach Deputy had has been a big part of the local festival scenes and has a song called Massachusetts or, or it's called Wormtown, but that's what he's singing about, is the festivals. But um, uh, fuck Zach Deputy, because he went to the riot in January. The, the insurrection? Yeah. 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 Then had the audacity to make a video and just kept contradicting himself. Like, you have been a part of this peace, peaceful, loving, unified scene of joy and all this stuff. And then you also say things like being against masks or like just believing in Trump and what he says is is completely hypocritical to the festival scene. I'm not saying that everyone a part of the festival scene right, is right. a Democrat or is progressive, but like I I couldn't get through the video and now like I'm not gonna not go to festivals if he's there, but I don't support him. I don't support his music. You won't catch me in that crowd. That's I'm Okay. No. no, this is the kind of tea that I think is important to spill in this episode because like stuff like that, I would never know. 
And if he's local, I'm I'm gonna default to supporting any local musician. I'm gonna default yeah. to it, like, and the, until something like that. And it's like, especially if you're putting on a front of being about peace and love and unity and everything, and then behind the scenes, you're like Trump is the complete like what exactly like what you just said. He's the epitome of like hatred and fueling fires that he knows yeah. are just gonna like create fucking issues just because it makes him powerful. I don't know what he thinks, but it's yeah. not Division right. And- yeah, yeah, division and fear is not unity and peace. So that's crazy. No. I mean, you know, it's crazy because like a lot of the guys too. I think of some of the. I don't want to. I'm not going to name names because they're not actually in bands, but they're guys that were in bands that I would hang out with when I was in high school and stuff that were like buddies of mine, who fall into these conspiracy theory holes and start to really buy into that kind of stuff, and then the next thing you know they're questioning the the democrats around them because they because the reality in Massachusetts is like it's why so many proud boys are like from Boston it's like everybody's family around them is like voting blue or they're progressive so then that becomes like the sheeple mentality to them and it becomes really easy to like find solidarity with other white guys they're just like them but they're happier because they have guns or like whatever it is that they like the gla- the grass is always greener and, like, a lot of these dudes are coming out of the alt-right YouTube hole and going, like, what the fuck did I just believe in for four years? Like, what was wrong with me? Like, why did I buy into this Trump shit? Like, why did I buy into QAnon? But, like, it takes some time to, like, come out of that. And I think there is, like, this rebellious, like, I'm into music and, like, this and, uh, like, I'm into, like, like rock and roll, man. And like, so, and, like, in order to be alternative in this day and age, you have to, like, believe that there's, like, a deep state. It's like, bro, no, like, like, you actually don't, like. Yeah, I'm all, there is a space for questioning things and not trusting everything and being aware. Have we been lied to? Are we being taken advantage of? Yes, in a lot of cases. But to roll that into the extent that, like, you don't trust anybody or you, yeah, like you're saying, completely flip it into, focusing more about guns than keeping kids safe in a school and stuff like that. It's just, it's way out of hand. And at some point I want to dive deeper into just the all around racism in Massachusetts. Like there's, you know, some of the original police forces. I just, I know there's a lot of ties with Irish Americans and people of color and how that goes in a way that like, at whatever time period the Irish were treated like shit. Yeah, they were. Like there are old signs out there like um, help wanted, Irish need not apply. Yeah. And I get it, but but that's kind of, it's at least apples and oranges, both fruit, both racism. But like to say something like the Irish were oppressed too, so I don't want to fucking hear it. No, man, no, it's not. They were that- never black. They were never black. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I want to learn more about it all to at least for, for, to be informed, if nothing else for my own self to be informed and then be able to have something to say to people who are like, I'm like, no, no. Even back then when Irish were being oppressed, there was, there was still a fall guy. You watch any movie about the mob in, from the eighties, they, I'm not going to say the M word, but they'll blame the yeah. The like be like put a black guy near the make sure pay the guy go walk near the truck so the cops will think it's you basically without saying that to the person they're paying but it's like 
you, the hierarchy still existed even then. Even if you were an Irish American uh, immigrant, Italian American immigrant, like at least you weren't black. Like I don't, I hate to put it like that, but that's like that's the reality. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different. And and um, yeah, you can talk about it's the and it's also the bigger picture. Like we don't have to um, nitpick and do it that way and look at it that way let's look at the bigger picture and talk about um being taken advantage of as a whole and because like really what it is is those in power and those with money who've always done the oppressing stop making those excuses or being like oh well this happened to us and that happened to them yeah it shouldn't have happened yeah so let's it's just it's i know this is kind of left field but it's it reminds me of people who argue why does my insulin cost hundreds of dollars and narcan is free like okay that's stupid first of all what you're saying is stupid and uninformed and what you should be asking is why why is any kind of medicine hundreds of dollars and you're talking about two different um that's an emergency um usage and that is to maintain health like no well it's like that's accidentally left wing to me because why is your insulin hundreds of hundreds of dollars? That yeah. T- stop. Question. Right. <laughs> and why do we have an opioid epidemic? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what we can ask. Why don't we talk about big pharma? Yeah. So instead of you blaming other people and and calling everyone junkies, you could join up with them and demand better health care and demand health and rights. Yeah. But that's progressive that's okay <laughs> it is pro look up what progressive means you fucking idiot <laughs> it means we're moving forward as a society you know there were all these tweets this week after the oprah thing with the prince and the princess or whatever the fuck i don't know what it was and i didn't watch it but <laughs> the royal shenanigan um there was all these like british people on twitter being like the most surprising thing to me from watching the oprah special was watching medicine be advertised because in almost every other civilized country, they don't have ads for medicine. They're like, why would you ask your doctor about a prescription? That makes no sense. Because Uh in America, it's privatized, so so then it's obviously for profit, so they have special interests, private interests, all these backroom... So, like, in other countries... Medicine is not a, a merchandise that you buy or ask your doctor about. Your doctor tells you what's best for you. Like, yeah. So they yeah. were blown away by that, and I was blown away by them being blown away. I was like, wait, this is not a thing? Like, no. What? <laughs> no. Canada has healthcare. Like, New Zealand, New Zealand has like no COVID cases because it started, they got on top of it. They all did what they were supposed to do. They closed their like airports and stuff too. They're like, yeah. hey, it's not safe. We have to keep everybody safe. They did all the logical, practical things. And now for months, they haven't had a problem. Imagine that. But you want to run around Florida because you fraternizing with your buddies is more important than keeping your grandmother safe. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I can't even. Yeah. No. One of my besties uh, is from college is in Hawaii. And they basically did the same thing. And Hawaii's been 
I mean, it's like, here's the U.S., and oh, there's Hawaii over there being like New Zealand and actually having this shit under control. And they just were like, because if you're coming from the mainland, you're not, you're not coming, actually. You're not allowed, because, like, I don't blame them. I mean, shit. No, the only other, uh, especially speaking of, like, shitty dudes, which we kind of do a lot on this show, we just call shitty dudes out. We, I mean, we can save it for um, another episode, but, like, I, I wanted to talk about, we absolutely don't have to. Uh, the blogger Turtle Fuckboy, because that's what I'll call him. I and he know. had this recent article. It's Turtle Boy. He has a blog. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I, sorry. No, well, no, it's all right. He's just so recently he shared information and wrote an article about a person. I'm not sure of their gender, so I won't assume. Um, about a person who is, I believe, within the queer community, but has taken a lot of instagram photos and post stuff and a lot of this person's friends are or at least appear to be underage teenage girls so yeah so that's an issue in itself this person is in their 20s and they're taking provocative pictures with with people who are 16 to 17 that's a big giant no-no absolutely but the, the the real problem is like this the article you know, the, the clickbait, more than one that I read, says something like, um, trans, trans person um, takes inappropriate pictures, but it's okay because equality. Like, oh, and this, okay. and, yeah, and this article opens with this dude being like, if being transphobic is wrong, I don't care, I'm keeping my card, or whatever. What? And that, yeah, okay. the problem is, yeah, he is taking the transgender community, the LGBTQA plus community, and trying to throw them under the bus as if they all condone pedophilia or being inappropriate. Uh, that's my favorite argument. You're gay, you're a pedophile. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I don't, it doesn't deserve a lot of our attention. It's just more like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm, I'm almost appreciative to know that that's so much of a thing. And I'm glad that he made that article because I saw who shared it. Oh. I saw three or four friends on Facebook who like posted that shit. And, and one of them I called out in the comments yeah. and I just didn't with everybody else. Cause I, I cannot waste my energy. I'm just like, you know what? It's a good thing you shared this. Cause I fucking see you. Did you see do you, you block those people or like, what do you do when that happens? They, yeah, I, I will probably. I probably will. One got, one or two was unfollowed, and then one I think I'll just remove. Um, because there's one who was a girlfriend who um, feels how she feels about Nathan Bills, and she's somebody that I'm just still having conversations with. Okay. Like she's somebody that I, it's still very civil. And then that's it too. I, I, I don't just turn a blind eye, but I'm like, you know, if there's some people that I'm gonna keep within the realm, because. They haven't unfriended me either then because i'm gonna keep saying what i say and feel how i feel and then like we're either gonna keep having discussions about it or like you're gonna do you i get it i get it yeah well, it's I like if they're still sharing stuff like that publicly i don't know it's just yeah. that to me that kind of stuff takes up my headspace in a way that i don't deserve you know like i deserve to be with people that love and support people like in general, I, know, yeah. I mean, 
even if if I was friends with a queer person who condoned pedophilia, I would immediately block them and unfollow them. So I would do the same thing for somebody who's blatantly transphobic. It's like I don't need you in my life. Period. You're right. But that's right. but that's you know because I had a bunch of trolls on Twitter for a long time, and actually the pedophilia thing was was often the where they went. Like the thing that would happen was they would call me a faggot, and I would. <laughs> It would be hilarious because how can I, whatever, yeah, like right. <laughs> okay, right. sure, okay. um, but like this was even this was like years ago too, and and then eventually it would like I would actually like engage with with trolls because I thought it was fun, and it and it kind of is to me. It gets me really riled up though, and I won't do it anymore. This was like early twenties, so but like so I would engage, and then it would be like how can I be a faggot if like I date women. And I'm a woman, like you know what I mean, or like I'm female, whatever. You're dumb. And then, obviously, and then there was always like, no, you're not a woman, or whatever. Oh, but if if you are, then you then you're still gay, and all gay people are pedophiles. Was like the leap. And the Thank the crazy you. thing is that like, statistically, the biggest population of of, of pedophilia are straight cis dudes. So it just again comes down to like. What are you the most self-conscious about? Let's call everyone that. You know? Like <laughs> Yep. You it's I mean it's one thing to be wrong, but then be blatantly wrong and throw all your wrong out there and be proud to be wrong. Fuck you. Fuck no. all that. Proud to be wrong is a fun that's 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 what it is. It's like you could be a totally normal functioning human being and if you start opening your mouth about politics and everything you're saying is like just to get a rise out of people, why would I ever want to hang out with you? Like, even yeah. if you were totally cool up until that point, like, yes, I will let your dumbass politics get in the way of me having a functional relationship with you. Why would I want to talk to somebody that doesn't read a book? Why? Why would I want to? That's You're not right. fun for me. Yeah. Like, you really upped your boundary game. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. no tolerance. No. None. Can't, can't afford to do it anymore, especially with how divided we've become. Like, I, I yeah, I get it. Can't do it. Yeah, I don't know. Some of it might be self-preservation too. You know, like for me, yeah. it's like I'm yeah. over it. But I get why. Like I get why I used to do it, and I get why I could still with certain people yeah. too. If you already have a relationship with them, I feel like it's a little bit different. Yes, there's some people I want to be like, why? What is this? Who are you? What? What are you? What? But then you know, if, if it's their true colors, then it's like, all right, I see you, and we don't vibe anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Deuces, my dude. It's like, what shitty dude have you been talking to? That's always what it is. It's like, you've been talking to <laughs> one or two shitty dudes that don't do anything but stay in the basement. And those one or two shitty dudes can, like, fuck up your whole psyche until you actually get out into the sun and see what the normal people are up to. Right. Whose dumb tweets have you been reading? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, well, that's what I've got as far as notes and those bands. And some shout outs. I've just, I've got a, uh, a a few stories this week and some facts for the band I'm doing. Nice. And, oh, and I will also, I can quickly mention, because I mean, we do it anyways, um, bands from Massachusetts. You want to just uh, sidestep right into. Yeah, let's do it. I, I don't remember who goes first. Um, what was last? Last week we did Good Charlotte. Right? I think I went first. Okay. So I go first. Dang it. All right. Yeah. 
I can, uh, let me, oh, a couple people posted already on the hip hop. One of my faves is D Soprano, my friend D Sear, D Soprano, and uh, Mass Made Hots, my boy Daryl from high school. He's still making music and I love that. Um, Tox, of course, Tavion Trump, Tox. He's been making music for, sorry to date him, but probably almost 20 years, if not at wow. least 20 years. One of his, I think, most listened to MySpace songs was Springfield Shitty. All my gangsters and all my hoes, gotta have a gun everywhere you go. I said, welcome to Springfield Shitty. I said, yeah. That's oh it. my God, that's a banger. What? I don't know if I've heard yeah. that. It really is a banger. It's still a banger. Yes. So definitely talks. And Joyner Lucas is from Massachusetts. Oh yeah, he's a Worcester kid. What's the kid? And we've got the list of, uh, it's right here, right here. Yes. Of course, DPR, like I'd said, uh, four years strong, Mm. four years strong. They're from Worcester. The Palladium is pretty much like their home. They've done so many shows at the Palladium over the years. Aerosmith, classic. Dropkick Murphys. If we're going out east, let's do it. James Taylor. That's right. Yep. Killswitch Engage. Um, Oh, Killswitch. Oh, I have a cool, I met their drummer. That's awesome. He's sober, and he worked at the rehab I went to, and I, he, I'm allowed to say that. He has informed, but like, he's in cool. a bunch of bands still, actually, like a bunch that's, of bands. That's so cool. Damn, I should have looked. I don't know any of their names, but maybe one day I'll say them on here. <laughs> or if he'd, be, if he'd be willing to talk to us, that would be amazing. I think enough time has passed that I might be able to actually message him on Instagram, but... When I first got out, because I was one of very few people who were actually, like, Western Mass based, it was like, if we see you, like, you could say hi to us, but we can't say hi to you type of thing. And then they said, like, in two years or something, we might be able to connect on, like, a friend level. So I think it's almost two years, so. I think so. Well, yeah, it'll be two years in June, so, like, that might not be weird, right? To be like, hey, what's up? Remember me? We hung out for a whole ass month, like. (laughs) (laughs) Remember when you helped me get sober? Yeah. Hey, the cause, the cause. They're from That's right. uh, all the cause. The cause are from somewhere in Boston. Mm. Oh. Are they the cars? Yeah, they're cool. From, they're from. Mass. I don't know if they made. I I didn't go and look up more bands because I got so many from this post, and then I knew we were gonna be all over the place. Um, of course, I also have Shadows Fall. All that remains. All that remains. Ac- oh my god. I know. I know. The Acacia Strain, Passion Pit, Converge. Passion uh, Pit. Really? Look. Yeah. I never knew that. I oh. didn't like fact check, but I feel like these people are pretty. No, I, be- pretty I mean I believe it. I have no know. idea where right. else Passion Pit would be from besides maybe Pittsburgh because that would sound really nice. Oh, Passion <laughs> Pit from yeah. Pittsburgh, you know. Yeah. Donna yeah. Summer. Donna Summers from Massachusetts. Yep. What a fun fact. Mom <laughs> loves, my mom loves Donna Summer. That was one of her first faves and like growing up, like if my mom had a top 10 list, Donna Summers on the radio is on there. Really? That's her jammy jam jam. Let me see what, what uh, town she was born in. Okay, I'll ramble oh, up. Oh, she's just more. from Boston. Cool. Wow. That's cool. 
Bella's Bartok, base two. Uh, oh, Bella's Bartok dead. is um, Bella's Bartok. Piper Monk's girlfriend is their drummer. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. You've oh, met Piper gosh. like a million times, probably. Yeah. yeah, Piper's my friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Me too. I I consider I can consider Piper my friend, even though I haven't seen her yeah. in a year. I think that's no one's seen no. anyone in a year. Let's be honest. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, that's neat. I should have known that. That's her. oh, Piper's in like a lot of bands actually, and I wish I knew them all, but I don't. <laughs> Well, that's a part of it because I know that she does camera work and band stuff and yeah. a lot of promoting. So I just get lost in the, you know, I'm like, oh, what did she share today? What's the latest on what new video is getting, you know, posted, that kind of thing, you yeah. know, which is, which is good. She's yeah, always doing, she's got a lot of creative energy. So awesome. Uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I feel like I knew that at one point in my life. Right, Rob Zombie. I didn't know that. That's fun. That's crazy. Yeah, I just didn't take him. You know, I I feel like I'm gonna forget that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Rob Zombie's from Massachusetts. That's why he says, "Let the bodies hit the floor." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> That's right. Everybody, get down. Unearth. Uh, four years strong. I mentioned them. Uh, they might be well, giants. They might be giants. Oh yeah! And shout out to my friend Jade, my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend. She did ramble off a bunch. Gangstar, Bobby Brown, State Radio, Barrier Dead, Aerosmith, Joffrey Murphy's, Rob Zombie, and Godsmack. Godsmack. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Wow. Um, stained. Not Stay the biggest fan of Aaron Lewis anymore, but Stained oh, really? was pivotal in nineties. Aaron Lewis is a, a Trump. What fucking, is wrong with Yeah, you? dude. Yeah, I know. I know. R.I.P. to my love for Aaron Lewis. Wait, <laughs> didn't he gone. go to uh East Long Meadow High? I think he did. Okay, because it was it's he's the lead singer of Stained? Yeah, Aaron Lewis is. Okay, yes. yeah. I'm pretty sure he well, was I remember hearing like uh yeah, like like um Meme Me and Pepe. My that family, the like pseudo yep. family I have in East Long Meadow. When you say Meme and Pepe, I know who you're okay, talking okay. about. <laughs> they're all East yeah. Long Meadow kids and their parents would like take out their yearbooks and be like, Oh look, here's the da 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 from Stained and it's like, Oh cool, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh a neighbor on Ashbrook Street was friends with the drummer and yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a house still in Wilbraham and like I've I've heard his Mom shops at wherever. His wife would still shop wherever. Their babies were born at Mercy or something. You know, they're under pseudonym names. But, like, huh. yeah, that's Massachusetts is still his home. You know, well, he's one of those. But uh, He can go somewhere else if he wants. Yeah, I, bye. I heard Florida's <laughs> accepting applicants. <laughs> Legia, Elder, uh, Bain, Megan Trainers from Nantucket. Megan uh, Trainer, oh. Megan Trainer, yeah. Of course, she's from Nantucket. That's a she has a rich daddy who like. Did I make that up or is that she's got to be somebody's so. daughter? You or you gotta you have to have money to live on Nantucket. You do that's right. A, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Lemonheads. Uh, oh, cool. New kids on the block, bro. You're fucking lying. Yo, oh yes, they are. They're, They're from Boston Dorchester. boys. That's, oh my yeah. god. Shit, yeah, Donnie Warburg. <laughs> Where do you think them Warburgs are from? Or the Marky Mark, Donnie, oh Christopher. I don't know if they're Christopher. 
<laughs> Tommy, Christopher. Christopher, it's so accurate. Like it makes it makes Dawn. me feel like I'm listening to Adriana in the fucking Sopranos. Like that's all I can hear. <laughs> Christopher, oh. <laughs> stop it! Okay, it's uh, creepy. <laughs> Aquanet and they went to cathedral. If I have it right, Aquanet went to cathedral and no, wait, Aquan. I don't know. If, I won't look it up right uh, now. Wait, 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 wait. Isn't no. Aquaban a cover band? They, yes, yes. Okay. I've seen them. Are. I've seen them. Okay, yeah. Aqu- they are not who went to cathedral. The band. Who do the song Afternoon Delight? They went to Cathedral, and I don't think they had more big hits, but they had the song Afternoon Delight that's featured in Anchorman. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some Afternoon Delight. Oh, there is a there is a movie called Afternoon Delight that I accidentally just found. So let's get the fuck out of here. Our comedian friend Damian Andrew Rivera posted about Santina Maria King and included a picture in SoundCloud. So that's really cool. Santina Maria King. Ooh. That's neat. Hey, that's um, up. We'll have yeah. you on here. Um, Starland Vocal Band. That's Starland who sings uh, Afternoon Delight. Let's, okay. Let's see where if they have a. Um. And um, the Prozacs. The Prozacs. I think they're a punk band. Yep, that's that's that whole list. Nice. Okay. That's, Pretty much. That's just to name a few. I don't know if the Bee Gees were from Massachusetts, but they have a song called Massachusetts. Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. Massachusetts. I love that Massachusetts. I have to say, is probably the hardest state name to pronounce, and we spent the first like. 15 bands just really struggling through some name pronunciation. So thanks for repping the state, you guys. Like, really appreciate yeah, it. We really, really do. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch thanks you. That's right, he does. Marky. Right. The Dresden Dolls. I should have done the Dresden Dolls because I'm a huge Amanda Palmer fan. The only thing is, recently, she kind of had, like, a mental breakdown. Like, I'm pretty... And, like, I don't... No shade at mental breakdowns. I've had plenty, but she just, she did not handle it very well. Um, yeah. Her divorce with um Neil Gaiman. Okay. Um yeah. So Neil Gaiman yeah. wrote Stardust, the movie Coraline. He wrote like Oh cool. He wrote Oh my god, what's the other big one? American Gods, but there's another one. Oh well. Um Sandman. And then Amanda Palmer's the lead singer of the Dresden Dolls. And she's like badass. She's written some of my favorite songs ever. Just her songwriting is really like it feels very familiar to me. It's like very lyrical in a lot of ways, and um, so she's great. But I did not cover her this week. Who did you cover? Well, let's jump into it. Um, you might, you might. Uh, this might sound familiar. And your feet on the sand, and your head on the ground. They're trying to believe it. Yeah, uh, can you tell? Where is my mind? Where is my mind? Where? You know, at the end of Fight Club, when you're looking out the window and like the buildings are blowing up. Okay. Um. So 
Fight Club has been on in a room that I've been in, but no. have I completely invested and watched? I know Anne just walked away, no. basically almost fell down. I'm, no. I, you know, I know pop culture references, so I know the rules about Fight Club, yeah, and I know the, the premise of the story and the plot twist. But like, I, I couldn't. I didn't. Sorry, I didn't get the reference. Uh, that's okay. Do you know, um, uh, what's her name is in there? The girl who plays Bellatrix Lestrange. You should watch it. Uh, uh, Helena Bonham or whatever. Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, she's in it. And so it, it's worth it just to see. Her character is in fucking sane. And it's like, she makes the whole movie worth it. I believe it. Okay. Also, Brad Pitt is so hot in it. Like, like it's yeah. unreal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um. So, so I'm talking about the Pixies this week. Oh, cool. Um, who wrote Where's My Mind? Um. Uh, they're from, formed in Boston, but they, the lead singer's from Amherst. He actually still lives in Amherst, I think, but he's seen around Northampton a lot. Um. Which is pretty cool. His name's Francis Black. This is his stage name. That is, and he is not black. He is white and very bald. And if I, I now know what he looks like, so if I see him, I can ask him very kindly for his autograph. And maybe he'll be chill. He seems very fucking down to earth. He goes to Esalon Coffee. I think you have to be down to earth to go there. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, they're from, they're formed in Boston, um, but I think they actually all met at UMass. Um, and they're associated with like early 90s rock. They, like like 80s late 80s they formed like 86 and they were not very popular when they were putting out music they were like low like it it just didn't blow up the way it did later and and in 2004 is when they were selling out world tours um their music really just because once you hear it you're like oh my fucking god it's so good um i actually really want to play a bit of this song just for you just so you can have more of like like yeah you you know who they are you just don't know you know you know yes yes uh this one let's get to the chorus here here comes your man it's like in every good movie ever yeah okay and then this one hold on i gotta get to the right part It's gonna be so worth it. Uh, where is the? Oh, this. Buffy episode. Oh, it's gotta be. Right? It's total Buffy music. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's yeah, so I'm good. sure I've heard so much of them just throughout my life, just different people and bars and stuff like. Yeah, God. here comes your man. I did not know was the Pixies. I had no. I only knew where's my mind, and that was it. So, which placebo? I think it might have been the placebo. No, it wasn't. It's a Pixie song, but placebo. The band did a cover of "Where's My Mind." That's very good. Um, but that's cool. not. So I guess you know they they formed at UMass. Um, the big the big story to me is that, like like I was looking for you know what's the the story and it's like that they didn't really blow up until later and they influenced nirvana radiohead smashing pumpkins and weezer like the big the big guns from that time were were influenced by the pixies so it's like you know yeah damn like <laughs> yeah right um but francis uh black francis their lead singer he's does this thing where he'll write about like extraterrestrials and like incest and like biblical violence and like really nerdy shit, but it has this like amazing sound. So it's it's perfect for an alternative rock scene. Like it's perfect for people. They find it. They go, "What is this? It's fucking amazing and weird." And it's like it's hitting my soul in all the right ways. And then they show their friends, and then and then it's two thousand four, and you're selling out multiple world tours. You know. Wow. Um, yeah. So hard work pays off. Yeah, Maybe they slow, they actually dropped out of UMass just to to make the um to make the band really happen because they were worried about the. Uh, you got to take your chance when it comes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Kim yeah. Kim Deal is, um, the the female singer. She they needed like they had like tryouts, um, and. She came without a bass. She'd never played one before. She gets a bass. She joins the band. She's in the band. <laughs> like She wow. shows up. She's like, I'm the only one here. And they're like, you're great. You're doing it. Um, I don't know. But like, it's like weird to think about where they'd be without her. So Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. I can go. Should I? Uh... If you if you want. Yeah. At least, yeah, however much you wanna. I guess there's so much to know about them, and they're amazing. Um, it sounds like. <sighs> Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Right. So. Do do do. Let me just find. Okay, so. Their big thing is they 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 popularize dynamics in music. So like that start stop timing, um, and kind of like going low to to loud, like build ups and like having like really simple just like simple parts and then really complicated parts of songs. And so a lot of bands have kind of taken that and used it. You know, David Bowie, The Strokes, Alice in Chains, like Bush freaking kings of leon like all these bands do it and they and they have said they their sound is directly from and inspired by the pixies um just really groundbreaking stuff that other people wanted to do too um tom york of you know of radiohead said that the pixies changed his life he literally has a quote saying they changed my life um david bowie who inspired the pixies bands band members um when they were at umass like playing together 
David Bowie actually said that the Pixies made just about the most compelling music of the entire 80s, like, quote, end quote. So they were listening to him, and he heard their shit and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Um, and that's, then, oh, go ahead, go ahead. That's just, that's the, I mean, that's a whole, I don't even know, level in itself, like, who David Bowie is and represents, and that that's the epitome of a compliment. You know, like, he told Lord that she sounds like the future when they met. And so, like, but what what surpasses that? You know what I mean? And, like, so yeah. they're inspired by David Bowie. When, and, and I feel like David Bowie was always genuine and meant it and was also, like, super kind. So it's just something to say for somebody who can articulate his appreciation and, and that to others when he never had to be a dick because he was, like, the the man, like, yeah. the superstar. That's so, that's so powerful is what that is. And, and lord does sound like the future like that's so accurate yeah sorry as you were talking to if you heard dad coming up the stairs we had ordered food so he kindly brought it up to me not that i'm gonna eat right now but then he was going to dina's and he knows that i'm i'm working but i actually did not notice i was deep in my notes here so i was okay good and i'm really nerding out talking yeah no good good Um, yeah yeah i guess one other uh notable thing is about nirvana you know kurt Kurt Cobain um, said that the Pixies influence smells like teen spirit. Um, he actually said, it, he admitted that it was a conscious attempt to co-op the Pixies style. So he was like, I was trying to do what they were doing when I wrote smells like teen spirit, arguably their most popular song, which is nuts. Um, yeah. Yeah. In a 94 interview with Rolling Stone, Cobain said, uh, I was trying to write the ultimate pop song. I was basically trying to rip off the Pixies. I have to admit it. And then it says smiles, like, oh, so cute. When I heard the Pixies for the first time, I connected with that band so heavily, I should have been in that band, or at least in a Pixies cover band. We used their sense of dynamics, being soft and quiet, and then loud and hard. So Cobain cited Surfer Rosa as one of his main musical influences, and particularly admired, that's one of their, their main, I was, I don't say their main album, but one of their very popular albums. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, the thing he loved about the album the most is it has like natural and really powerful drum sounds, um, which is Steve Albini's influence. And then, you know, Steve Albini came and produced Nirvana's um, In Utero at, oh, at, wow. at the request of Cobain. So Kurt Cobain was like, I want the guy that did the, that made the drum sound like that. I want him to do our album. And so it's just, yeah. So groundbreaking stuff. And it's, I'm proud to be from the area that they're from, you know, and I hope one day I do run into him. I really might. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I wonder if Steve and Dave Grohl still have connections because when you, you know, mentioned the drumming aspect, you really got to bring the heat. And then now I believe like David Grohl and Travis Barker, amongst a few more, are the big drummers of our generation, you know, like they've held their own and are in the ranks with insert, you know, other pivotal drummers, a drummer from Zeppelin, that drummer who has one arm, but from still Leopard, plays better. Um, oh, the Def Leppard drummer. Oh my God. Yeah. What yep. is his name? Ah, I can't remember. Sorry. And if someone said it, yeah, I know it. it. You know, someone's screaming it as they listen to this part. But... No louder. We can't yes. Right. We can almost hear you. Like, yeah but that's really cool you know like that not an expectation but 
that's if if you're looking for that sound, then you need a drummer who's gonna really hold their own. And David Grohl, of course, he does. Dave Grohl, I think. Yeah. yeah. No, you guys are you're like on government name basis. <laughs> David. <laughs> David. <laughs> yeah, David. Did Rock, you, David. Did you watch Shit's Creek? No, yet? I keep forgetting. Come on. I will. I promise I will. Oh, it's Rick Someone Allen. Rick Allen. Okay. Rick Allen. Sorry, gotcha. Rick. My bad. Um, I'll, I'll tweet him. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, that's the Pixies. And if you haven't listened to their albums, like, through, I, like, it just gives me so many emotions, like, and it makes me want to start making music immediately. So, that's the only bad thing is, I put their music on, and then I'm like, no, I have to go play guitar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get yeah. I get in this, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to listen to music and work out. And I'm like two songs in, and I'm like, nope, I need a notebook. I'm gotta get out of here. Yeah, so, yep. taking stuff. back Sunday and brand new always did that to me. Like I'd want to just listen or sing along, and now I have notebooks filled with angsty poems <laughs> and songs that I'm like, yeah, absolutely, completely inspired by that. And I believe one of my favorite comedians, Christina P. She had been goth growing up. She's a West Coast girl, loves The Cure a few other ones. And I, I believe that uh, her tops, one of her top favorite bands is the Pixies. Cause I, I want to say she's talked about Kim deal and has reached out to her. And I think at one point they communicated or she got a picture with her. I tried to pull it up, hoping I'd get like an image or I'll fix my door or like a specific quote, you know, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that like also Christina P. So that's my world. Like my comic podcast world conjoin with your love of the pixies and yeah and that's crazy i never would have known that super neat also i just looked up because i was looking up that picture and i found kim deal is the lead singer of uh the breeders she formed the breeders so that's pretty cool that is yeah that is well th- i think the best way to um list or get into my band especially because you did some music like um yeah i've got a i got a, uh, a a very simple rundown of the band members and some of the history but i have a couple short stories and some things i read that they've done and are still doing not just musically which i think is really neat and then um yeah i've got some i got some cool fun facts but the best thing to do is i think is just do this That's all I needed. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I, I, yep. Okay, that's it. There you go. That's, that's all I got. Uh, <laughs> trying to, I was thinking about how they make me feel, and I could have tried to reflect on that and, and write a note so I'd have a good quote to go along with it, but I, <laughs> really don't know how to express so it's it brings out this ancestral part of me being a girl named Maureen who's so Irish and from Massachusetts like it fires up that that deep innate part of me that so many other aspects of my life don't like being an emo kid it's 
um, represented with the starting line and all of those bands being a woman um, and, and, and a music lover. So I've got Pink and a few other artists that I'm just so inspired by and like, but the Dropkick Murphys, they, they make me proud. I feel proud. I feel riled up. I want to sing. No, Emerson. No. <laughs> Emerson said, I want to eat your food. <laughs> yes. He's like, hey, side note, what's up with this food? Um, yeah, they just like, yeah, they really do something for me. I feel close to my old upbringing, just that like that cultural fire, you know, that some of us get to have. Like, so even though my dad was adopted, he was adopted by two 100% Irish people. My grandparents' parents came off the boats and they came here. Like we've got at least a couple pictures of my great, grandfather when he was young with I believe his mother and a sibling I want to say and there is an old photo in my house actually of my great-grandfather my grandpa my uncle Michael and his eldest son the first of you know the the family Michael Jr. Um, so which is just neat and we have a full photo in our house of both my great grandparents with my grandpa and his three siblings. Wow. So yes, the the old picture I'm thinking of is they're they're right outside their brick home or the apartment. I couldn't even tell you. I think there's a street sign. Like it's just um and I think what's fascinating is they all over their home and in the clothes we wear and everything is all these aspects of being Irish. My grandparents are so proud. But if you were to ask them about what they learned or what it was like, if you ask them to talk about certain aspects of it, they don't, they can't. It was really hard. Like alcoholism was so much more than a disease. It was a coping skill and a way of life. Um, I remember grandma telling me a story of her mom. Oh, her first name is Mary. And she had said to grandma, whenever they talk about drinking or something, Nana would say, you know, just drink wine or drink bourbon. And and you drank bourbon because she came from, uh, oh my gosh, so my grandparents were born, I believe, in the 1940s. So Nana was 1910s, 1920s. So she was alive and very present for the prohibition. So she didn't fuck with bathtub gin, mm. toilet wine, like any of that stuff. You don't know what was in it, especially because they were poor. So you didn't know what you were getting and what was going to happen. But something with the, how they got bourbon from the old country and stuff like that. Really? That's wow. a big part of that pride with Irish whiskey is like how it's always been made. And you can always trust a bottle of Jamison and, you know, yeah. so like. Oh, so yeah. like whiskey, like yeah, whiskey and bourbon. There's just something about it, love. It's just the way it's made, and you can trust it. And uh, there ain't nothing like it. So, <laughs> Emerson, you gotta get down. You got to get down, love. I'm doing my podcast, and shout out to my dear, dear friend Sean Dumont, who for my thirtieth birthday got us tickets to see Dropkick Murphys when they played at the Mass Mutual Center. 
in September of 2019. Oh, wow. So, and so we, we had seats far back, which I preferred. We were in a good spot. We didn't have anybody too rowdy near us. We had a great view though. You know, yeah, they were far, but you could see everybody. And to watch that loyal, fired up, just like loyal to the death of them, <laughs> proud fans, it's it's amazing like and everyone's singing every word it's so loud it's so big they're singing and they're yelling during their songs wow. you know like yeah. you know i fucking see you and they're singing like yeah. it was what's neat is um you know not to sidetrack about how i believe as far as concert safety goes all around it's not encouraged to still crowd surf mm. that's to keep people safe and they they had a really good spin on it you know they they in between some songs they got into it and they were telling people not to crowd surf and they just said it like that guy's got a beer in his hand you can't be crowd surfing over him <laughs> and kick it out of his hands and and uh, you're gonna hurt look at all these girls look at all these pretty girls down here I mean, they don't want to get kicked in the face and like and it is it's the big picture is keeping everybody safe they probably don't want you to do it at that center but yeah. also as a band, they were not, they're not rebellious like that. They're like, don't, don't just yeah. jump up and down, try to get towards the front. I know you guys are going to rebel rouse and, and push each other around. So other people will keep themselves safe, but just party with us, just sing along and have a good time. And I had, I have a bunch of videos, of course, a bunch of pictures and videos. And during one of mine is one of the singers telling this guy to fuck off or something because they, made the announcement they started the next song and during that song he calls this guy out <laughs> like what did i just say or something like he just did it. i have it imagine oh my god i would that's amazing like if i were the lead singer of the dropkick murphys i would cuss people out left and right just because i fucking could and you could probably get some like hardcore ass dude to just punch a dude just because you're the like you're who you yeah. are which is amazing yeah everybody's here that camaraderie, that's the word. Everyone yeah. is there feeling that camaraderie, having a real good time. Don't be that drunk asshole. This isn't the place for it. We're not at a dive bar in Boston. Yeah. We're here in Springfield. We're at the Senna. <laughs> you know, get your shit together, Charlie. Sit down. <laughs> Fuck it off. Did um, we see them at Warp Tour or was it just Flogging Molly? I believe it was just Flogging Molly. Because okay. somebody was after Flogging Molly and I can't remember who it was. But I don't believe it was Dropkick. Okay. I, I just, I don't think that they have done Warp Tour or they had that year. I really don't know. Okay. I don't remember. They, they could have, you know, they, I think it's neat too. They get described as a American Celtic punk band from Quincy. Quincy's yeah. out there. Charlestown. The Southie, South right? Yeah. Over there. Wednesday. And um, so kind of to start backwards, so they have an album on April 30th, this coming this year, April 30th, the day after my birthday. That's their gift to me. Woo. They're dropping their album, Turn Up That Dial, which is super cool. They've been on their own record label, Born and Bred Records, oh. for years. It's the band's first studio album since 2017's. 11 short stories of pain and glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they originated in 1996. They initially signed to the independent punk record label Hellcat Records. Mm. 
synonymous for that scene. They've released five albums on that label. They were building a reputation, especially locally, um, touring, you know, all over the East Coast and Mass. And they just, they just, you know, I can't tell you how many other Irish bands that there were. It probably was the mix of Celtic and punk. It was who they were as people. And it's that level of energy that they just took over St. Patrick's Day. Yes. They, that's, that's the thing. Like they worked really hard and they'd play whatever bar they could and then always took the house down. So, and then these are, these are guys like these, all these band members all have big families. They're all at this certain age and they all just, they just fit into their fan base that's the thing they bring on this personal personableness of like we are just like you you know my grandfather was a union worker and we went to that school we all we didn't have money we know what it's like yeah i've got a an aunt named mary and a mother named esther and like and what have you you know tessie's Teresa, and and patrick and sean and you know like all of them so they released those five albums. Yeah. Building a reputation locally through constant touring and yearly St. Patrick's Day week shows held in and around Boston. But what changed the game for them, of course, was 2004 and their single, Tessie. So their song, Tessie, is about the song, Tessie, um, in 1902. There's the Broadway musical, The Silver Slipper. And I think, and that's where the song's from. So the Royal Rooters fan club would sing that song. And they played a part, as legend goes, helping the Boston Americans, the Boston Americans baseball team, win the first World World Series in 1903. Uh Yeah. So this is before, I think, Major League Baseball. This is, yeah, we're talking 1903. So this is the of the sport and everything yeah, the MLB so, didn't exist that's crazy yeah so I, I wanted to follow the links and look up about Boston America the team and and the first world series but but I didn't and that's all right so the other cool thing is Tessie is diminutive form of the name Esther or Tess or Teresa and they have both spellings of Teresa which is with or without the H which is my middle name, T-H-E-R-E-S-A. So that's really neat. So if you um, check out the song and read the lyrics, you know, I'm familiar with it and I know it, but I never read all the lyrics because I'd always sing it drunk up until like today when I sang it. So I'm just like, you know, I ran, whatever, live without you. Boston. One, two, three, four, Tessie. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Tessie, yeah. So I'd say I'm like, oh, that's what they're saying. Oh, that's what that is. So yeah. So I believe throughout the season, um, you know, I don't remember, and I could have followed the Red Sox and followed the story from that angle some more. I should have, but um uh yeah that's that's I'm sorry I don't know if they did if they made the song when the season started and then because they won in 2004 or if like they got to the playoffs that's what I I really should have looked up is specifically like when this song came about 
you know, but nonetheless, or regardless, 2004, the Boston Red Sox finally win the World Series. And that's the year they broke the curse, right? 2004, yeah. Yeah. So like that, so then that's the thing. And so when you listen to Dropkick's song, Tessie, the beginning is the announcer. And the Boston Red Sox win the World Series. <laughs> the curse is broken. Tessie. And it's just so like, it's it's amazing. So really like just gave them the hype that they had worked really hard for that they deserved and brought on that spotlight. But then since then they've carried it on their own, I believe. Um, so then they, when they released the album in 2005's The Warriors Code, the band's final album through Hellcat Records, it, it includes the song, I'm Shipping Up to Boston. Oh, and yeah. That, yeah, that one. So it just it just was, they're like, we've, we've got all these songs. They've got, of course, beautiful covers of, of classic Irish Celtic songs. And they'd been making this name for themselves but then like so it's almost like they're owed to where they come from they're like we we really love boston we mean it we love our fans and then just that that riff it so creeps up on you and then punches you in the face and the music starts and what better song could you use for now the classic irish mob movie the departed yes if if you just say when we do the wedding at jenna's when we mentioned to my brother that we talk about Dropkick Murphys, he's just going to start rambling Depotted quotes. Really? Fucking, fucking, yeah. <laughs> the, the Depotted. Tormy. And, is, that, and is that there was a firefight? No, that's Boondock Saint. Oh, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> and I should know the music from that movie, but I don't. I've seen The Departed a lot, and I always, I still mix those movies up. That's all right. Um, I just looked it up and it says that they wrote the song and recorded the song before they won. So then they redid it in 2005 with the, with the little, they won the championship. Can you believe it? That is crazy. So they wrote the song to try and capture the spirit of Boston, like again and like reinvigorate it. And then they win. Yep. That year, like, man, Dropkick Murphy's. Yeah. Do you want to write a song about, I don't know, like me winning a million dollars real quick? Like, Right. <laughs> yeah. We have a famous podcast yeah. and everybody loves us. We're so grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I do. I got a couple, just a couple more fun stories. But also, I kind of want to say it quickly, too, so I don't get emotional. On their latest album that's coming out, Turn Up That Dial, is uh, they've already released three or four songs. You can catch a couple videos. But I they released the song either the end of last year or earlier this year. But the video came out in the end of January. I'm finishing up my last overnight at my old job. And I was constantly on and off YouTube. I watch a lot of different stuff. But there it had popped up. It was like, hey, Dropkick Murphy's released a new song. And it's called I Wish You Were Here. Mm. And then I took that link and copied it on um, so many of people who passed away. First, it was our cousin Sam's. That's who I really think of. Yeah. I wish you were here. Um, I'm out on my own. I'm so far from home. And I wish you were here. Just the 
the whole song is beautiful. It's It's got a simplicity to it and this wholesomeness about missing someone and being like, I'm where I'm at and I'm where my life takes me. But when I think of you, I think of home and I wish, I wish you were here. I wish yeah. you were here. And then I, I shared it on Corey's wall, my buddy, Kevin, who had been missing for almost a year until they found his body. And he was a dive bar loving redheaded hooligan who I believe loved dropkick. So that was really cool. And, and a couple other friends, but I'll, I'll play it sometimes. And I do, I think of Sam. Okay. Sorry about that. That's okay. I got to eat some carbs. Oh, amazing. Okay, good. I'm glad you got to eat. I was like, oh no, she's been, her food is going to get so cold. No, it's fine. Um, While you chew, I have a story about that shipping out to Boston song. Okay, great. So I played Division Three field hockey, which does not sound like a big deal, but Division Three does not know it's Division Three, so they act like it's Division One, and you just are constantly at practice or at some kind of a team-required event, <laughs> but you can never get a scholarship. That's like, it's the same amount of time and even honestly the same skill level, but just with no scholarship. And every single home game, our come out song was shipping out to Boston because our starting goalie the whole time I was there was Mickey Manheimer, who was from Maine, who was like this super wicked, like from Maine kind of girl. <laughs> like she was like fucking hardcore as shit. And so that was like the song she wanted and she was our best player. So she got shipping out to Boston for three years. I heard it every single home game. It's just, you, yeah. You went to Goucher College, which is not in Boston. Your goalie's from Maine. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yep. And every <laughs> single home game, that's how we would come on the field. Dun, dun. And I would be in my little fucking skirt because you have to wear a kilt and to play field hockey. So it'd be like <laughs> all of us in our little skirts, like fucking hopping around and shit. You get amped up. You do. You wanna you wanna chug a Guinness while you take a shot of whiskey, punch the person <laughs> next to you, kiss a red haired girl, and then cry about how much you love your mother. Like that's that's it. That's Wow. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what it's about. So I thought it was really neat. Um, I looked up didn't oh yeah. Um NPR back in twenty thirteen did a neat little article about them. So I suggest everybody looks it up. Actually on January first is when they uh published it or posted this article on on NPR.org from twenty thirteen. And it's a, it's a six minute interview. So you can read along the short article and then listen to this part of the interview. And it just, if there's a soundtrack for last call in a Boston dive bar, the dropkick Murphy's music is on it. Like, yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So some of their classics, some of mine and I'm sure other people's favorite songs, of course, is um, shipping up to Boston, Captain Kelly's kitchen. It's just like it every song brings on, you know, you want to like stamp your foot and clap your hands, or you want to 
like lean into the person next to you and sing it real slow, <laughs> cry into your Guinness. Like Maureen's doing that drunk sway that you do. I can't, I can't really describe it for the people at home, but it, it's yeah. But you you can know. picture it. Yeah, they do. When you all wrap your arms around each other, yeah. and you don't have rhythm, and one person's yeah. going the other way, and <laughs> you're falling over each other. But Nobody's eyes are open. Yeah. Yeah. The, their song "State of Massachusetts" is about um, a mother getting her kids taken away. Oh shit! And I, yeah. So they, especially in the NPR article, Ken Casey, a founding member, um, and the bassist, and just like their front man, he talks about, you know, what it was like growing up and how all their songs they tell a story, which is, an, which is along the lines I'm not even trying to think of the word I know I was going to say it wrong with you know Celtic and Irish music it tells a story it tells a story of this Irish soldier who died on the fields of France and and, and this long lost love and and coming from nothing and and what have you and then piracy and just all yeah. that mixed in like so yeah the state of Massachusetts it's it's very upbeat and gets you riled up but if you're listening to the lyrics like it's a sad song Oh. You know, they've been taken away, you know. Oh, so, shit. <laughs> yeah. um, Finnegan's Wake, I believe is a, I want to say it's a cover. Um, I think there's just slower versions or different versions, but um, I, I want to say that lots of fun at Finnegan's Wake. That's probably not originally theirs. And The Green Fields of France was originally written by Eric Bogle, and he's a Scottish guy. So I just thought that was neat. You know, and so if you go to their website, they of course have tours, merch, info. You can contact them, and then a couple sub pages take you to the Clada Fund. Oh, Ken yeah. started, I think, in 2014. They raise money for underfunded nonprofits in their communities. So wow. they sincerely, wholeheartedly give back. They'll never forget where they came from and what it was like, and they don't stop being a voice for anyone who needs help, wow. especially in Massachusetts. I, I'm reading All Souls, a book by Michael Patrick Fitzgerald, and he was raised in Southie Boston in the 70s, and he does not hold back. He's lost more than one sibling, and I'm getting through a part in the story where he goes to tell you about people, and then he tells you how they died. And oh, no shit. one got out of Southie. And then even the political aspect, how like segregated buses and the way that they were torn between fearing and not um, giving a shit about people of color. But then they were also so underprivileged. Like that's the stuff we were talking about in the beginning, yeah. like yeah. just how that miscommunication or that lack of information can create these divides. And just this, when you have nothing and in, in, when you have nothing, and only your family and you all have nothing together. It's all you have. Like when you don't have enough food or all you have is bread and potatoes, then like you, you're, you're chasing the rats away because you're banging on the table and singing music, singing all night. It's tough. Like that's just, that's that, that closeness. It's just all loyalty is, is all they had. Chasing so the rats. And it just resonates all these years later. And they loved a man named Greg Riley who they called the chicken man and he, you can go to chicken man and it's got a little bit about him, a whole bunch of pictures. And this was, I think he died years ago, but the link is still there for my brother's org, And you can give money 
like in his name and whatever else it goes to. It just goes to like other memorial funds. Oh, cool. But yeah, Greg Chicken Man Riley. And they have a beautiful song called Rose Tattoo. And Ken wrote it about he has a rose tattoo with his grandfather's name in it because his dad died when he was really young. So his grandfather stepped in and helped raise him. He was a union worker. And the main, one of the lyrics, all, all their songs are beautiful, like I've said, but I find I really love Rose Tattoo and all of its lyrics because just everything he talks about. And then he says, you know, this one's, um, this one's from showing up. This one is about growing up. Ooh. And this one, I was so messed up and didn't have a clue, <laughs> you know? And it's, yeah, like how tattoos tell the story of your life. And he says, this one's for the man that raised me, taught me sacrifice and bravery. Ooh. Yeah. And that's just the one tidbit about the tattoo, because he's talking about all kinds of tattoos. But he keeps saying, I got your name written here in a rose tattoo. You're always with me. He says, it changes my mood every time I look at it. It's on his arm. So it's always at the corner of his eye. And they say at the end of the music video, so the music video, you watch a couple of the guys are playing their instruments. They're playing poker. You got close-ups of almost empty bottles of whiskey, the ace of hearts, and they're playing cards and Ken keeps singing. And then there's quick montages of people with tattoos. And then some of them are dropkick tattoos. And you see Rosie the Riveter. They hold for a moment a solid two seconds of a boxer. I can't tell you who it is, but like, so that's really neat. And through the website, you can go to Murphy's Boxing. Ken also has a boxing corporation. And like, uh, is he like, uh, what's his face, McGregor? Does he? I'm sure they're friends. You know what I mean? I'm sure he knows them, but no, just to name a couple. Yeah, it's not all white Irish guys. Boxer Carlos the Dragon Candelero, Candelario, Stephen the Rock Ormond, um, Sugar Ray Moylette, the really Irish guy, Niall Boom Boom Kennedy, (laughs) Carlos Gongora, Charles the Truth Foster. Greg the Villain Vandetti, just so many, like, so that's its own website, and you can follow that if you want, which is really neat. So, like, they incorporate the band with these other things they've done. They've had the privilege of doing because of their success. So you just know they're genuine, wholehearted guys. Yeah. And. That's really that. cool. I love, a, I love a band that gives back. That's, like, that's one of my favorites. And they say at the end of the Rose Tattoo video, Thanks to all those who wear our marks to the grave, uh, their backstage passes to the pearly gates, we swear. You know, which is just funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, uh, the lyrics, it's, this is about love and py- gold and piracy and this is for the man who raised me. And so I could go on and on even more than I already have. Um, and although we're not fans of Nathan Bills, during that Mass Mutual show, before they did Rose Tattoo, they shouted out the Sullivans because Garnery Sergeant, Sergeant Sullivan, who was one of the few who passed away, he was murdered at a shooting range. Not the same one as the guy, Chris something, who, um, the sniper, the movie. There's the story that Bradley Cooper uh, played. The, um, American Sniper? Yes. 
there's that that happened. But then another time after that movie, um, Sergeant Sullivan was one of four who was murdered at a different shooting range by another sick individual. So like a shooting, like, no, like he wasn't killed in battle. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen American sniper. That's yeah. Oh, it's a good movie. Yeah. But um, that guy, he just met a man and, and they were out in the shooting range or whatever. And the guy was just sick. And, and, and so there's, there's actually, I think there's a few instances of that, but oh my God. I do. I remember the story. I know. I remember the story. And then of course it hits home. So it made the news. He, his services were at Holy Cross. So you could not get up and down Plumtree Road. Oh shit. I remember parking close to home and then walked up and just stood nearby to see it. Our My mom um, is in the choir at Holy Cross, so she got to be there. She got to oh, sing shit. as a part of it. Yeah, instead, how moving and beautiful it was. And then it was all private, of course. They can't have everybody there. But the Dropkick Murphys played the funeral services, like the reception after at Nathan Bills, which... I cannot imagine what that must have been like. Because first of all, Nathan Bills is not a very big bar. I don't know where the hell you're putting that band. Even if they toned it down and did a more acoustic set, like they, the bill to the whiskey. Yo, what? Yeah, yeah. So then they give a shout out. They're like, you know, we're here in Springfield. And they just shout out um, Sully. I think that's John, the one hit the... I think it's Tommy who passed away and John, they call Sully. They probably called all of them Sully, but him and a lot of their family were there. I believe they stayed in touch. They probably know people through just knowing people being similar in age, but they gave a shout out. And I think they showed his picture and stuff. And one of their last songs was, was Rose Tattoo. And I cried. It was beautiful. You know, just that they did that, that, that extra attention and, and that they're just, yeah. you know, they are proud to be American too. They support troops, man. They support who supports them. And it's amazing. So yeah, I want to meet them. And I'm pretty sure at least one band may, if not two are sober. Okay. That makes you know, sense to me. List. Yeah. 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 You know, somebody at one point, they were just like, you got to stop. Yeah. You, you can't, you're not, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I could have listed more specifics like former band members and who's in it now, but I know I did enough and so super good. But yeah. The dropkick Murphys, bro. Yeah, it's so hard not to want to fight someone and like just fucking be wasted when that music comes on. But it's like you know, it it would be fun for about an hour and then I would regret it. So I just gotta remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I want to be covered in tattoos and have blood on my face because <laughs> someone punched me back and you're just in the thick of it and it's crazy and you're nursing it with a bag of peas and a bottle of bourbon and <laughs> but I don't have to be drunk to be proud to be Irish so yeah a- yeah actually this episode brought to you by Caliber which is the Brewers of Guinness made an alcohol free beer that is Perfect. actually pretty great. It's a malt beverage. It's not my favorite, but it's not my favorite non-alcoholic beer, I should say. But it's definitely cool to have Guinness in on the non-alcoholic game. Um, yeah. You know, Heineken's been on it for a while, but like, cheers to you, Guinness. Dilly dilly or whatever the fuck. 
I think that's Bud Light. Oh, but my bad. Yes, <laughs> mate. Santa. <laughs> Hell yeah. Cool. Dropkick Murphys, everybody. The oh. Pixies, everybody. Chill. I'm saying. Oh, my God. This was really Solid. fun. Yeah. This is a solid episode. Man, so many things. If you have like a, a like if you could copy paste the list of the names you read in the beginning so I could put them in the description, that would be very helpful. I can do that. Okay. Yeah. Even, yeah. If, if you could like text it to me or something. Yeah, I'll either I can send you the picture because I wrote them down because John posted them and then I had to go to them to make sure because he didn't do commas. Oh for all of them in between because they're all tagged okay. so then i wasn't sure like where one band name started and another band name ended <laughs> so i'll just do both so you can like read it yeah whatever you know, list you read if you want to send a picture that should be that should be enough to man i didn't realize you know after doing um maine i didn't realize how talented and how much talent has really come out of massachusetts you know like we're a small state but we have a lot of significance historically and and I used to think that was just like my perception because I grew up here. But after living in other places, it's like Boston is kind of a big deal. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's, you know, New York. It's not New York. It's not Chicago. It's not L.A., but it's Boston. It's like it's right up there. Yeah, because it, it's in the significance specifically within cities like Gloucester was the first American port or something like we're one of the first to export import that use that side of the sea and yeah so many different people so much yeah like you said historically has come from here because we've been around yeah. basically since the beginning you know paul revere kurt russell the actors from springfield that's pretty neat didn't want to forget to shout him out yeah there's it's... and his lovely wife goldie Hahn. good for them <laughs> good for you guys you know yeah yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to follow up with a couple interviews. We've got yeah. my friend Grayson Ty on deck to talk to him. Oh, nice. Shout okay, out good. to Grayson. He's a local artist. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, yeah, but we've talked about him like You're right. a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know. The listeners know. Yeah. They do. Um, yeah. I've got some music up on Spotify if you want to check it out. I've... So awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah, this was great. Hell yeah. All right. I'm going to eat my, my biscotti. All right, Massachusetts, we out. We we we'll meet you here next week for, uh, Michigan. Nope, Maryland, Massachusetts. Yeah, Michigan. Okay, Mich again. We're gonna Mich the first time, and then we'll Mich again. Okay. <laughs> oh, All right. Sorry. We're we're yeah we're maxed out. That's, um, uh, that's it for us. <laughs> that's it. We love you all. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Two stars. Stars. Oh, oh star. <laughs> States. States. Wicked, bruh. <laughs> so Fucking wicked. wicked. <laughs>